Welcome to Hashtags and Stilettos with Sakita Holly, the podcast that's like having your own personal publicist in your pocket, sharing business, lifestyle, and PR tips on demand. This is episode 10, Pay Me What You Owe Me. My negotiating fails. This episode is so important to me because I've made so many mistakes when negotiating, um, whether it's in the five years that I've been running my business, House of Success PR, or before just as an employee, like I've just made tons of mistakes. And lately I've been having a lot of conversations with different people about, you know, just our experiences and how much money, you know, we're leaving on the table. And I just, you know, I'm tired of us not having these types of conversations. And I just really don't want you guys to experience what I've experienced. I don't, I want you to learn from my mistakes. So let's just jump right into it with some reasons why we end up leaving money or other bargaining chips, if you will, on the table. So the reason that could have been mine for like the beginning of my working life was I didn't know any better. I didn't ask. I didn't know to ask. We undervalue our work. We undercharge for our products and services. We don't know the right way to ask. We just expect to get a fair deal. We aren't having more of these conversations, whether it's with our coworkers, our colleagues, people in the industry, friends. We're not talking about money. And when you don't talk about money, it has power over you. And the people that have are in those decision-making positions about your money have more power over you because they know they know what you don't know, right? So um, also another reason that we don't negotiate and why we leave money on the table is that sometimes we're just happy to be there. We're just happy to be in the running for something. We're just happy to be a part of a conversation. But there's two quotes that have been uh, at the forefront of my mind, not just lately, but just in general, because it's taken me a long time and I still make mistakes. But again, I'm learning. So two quotes. Um, and I really want you guys to write these down. If you're driving right now, please don't try to do this, but I will put them in the show notes. So the first quote is, if you don't ask for what you deserve, you deserve what you get. Now that's a little bit harsh, right? But it really kind of shakes you back into reality. And that's kind of that's what we need when it comes to money. Another one is you only get the things that you can negotiate. So I want to talk a little bit about my experience at the corporate level and just as, a, as an employee, as a working person. So much of my early experience with negotiating was that I wasn't, I didn't negotiate ever. I didn't, I didn't know I could. No one taught me this. No one said, hey, you can, you know, this is a thing that you can do. And I've always been a hard worker. I've been working since I was 14. And even at that first job at McDonald's, I'm looking back now like, oh, I should have definitely asked for a couple more dollars on top of that salary because I killed it, (laughs) you know, when I was there. And, you know, 
I would just accept the compensation package that was offered at any level. Like I said, McDonald's, internships, future salaried positions. Like I didn't know that I had any power and employers and anyone you're negotiating with, they want you to believe that you're powerless. They want you to to believe that and internalize that, but it's a lie. Please, if, if you don't remember anything else about this podcast, please know that when you are in a position to negotiate for a salary, for a raise, for um, your product, a rate for your product or service, whatever it is, you have power. You are at the table. You have power. Even if the only power that you have is your two feet that you can walk away with. And that, that, that right there is, is one of the most powerful things. When you can demonstrate that, look, I'm not desperate for this. I don't need this, even if that's not necessarily true. But we have to be able to kind of say, okay, cool, I'm walking away. You keep that. That's all you have? That's all you want to give me? You keep that. So one of the first or not first, but a real example that kind of will, I'll, I'll never forget this, is at the corporate level, you know, I had been working at a company for some time and I was getting promoted to a new position. So salary position, whatever was being promoted. And the person making the decision about, you know, the hiring and also the salary piece of it, what made me privy to the salary information of another employee who was only one level above mine. And I was told that my salary offer would be comparable to this person's. Although when it arrived, it was not comparable. And not only was it not comparable, it was about 40,000, 40, thousand I need you guys to hear me forty thousand dollars less than that just one level up and now granted I'm not delusional in any sense of the word yes this person had a one level higher position than me but I came to the table with experience and I knew that with promotions and the way everything is set up eventually within a few years this person and I would probably be have the same title, right? We'd have the same title, but even with raises and bonuses, we would always be at the mo- the minimum level $40,000 apart in salary. So over time, I would have been losing $40,000 plus a year or leaving $40,000 plus a year on the table. And that that's that it that was kind of a wake up call for me. But not only did the offer come at a significantly significantly lower number than I had expected, it was presented to me on a Friday. On a Friday when the person presenting it was conveniently traveling and I was told that I needed to accept it by Monday and to accept it as it is, the way it was offered. Now, immediately, red flags went up because, wait a minute, this was 
I was told something different about the number, number significantly lower than what I was told it would be. And now I'm being told that I have 48 hours to make a decision. And not only do I have, I only have one decision to make because they don't even want to hear any type of negotiation. So I knew that this was wrong immediately. I weighed my options, but again, I felt powerless and like my back was against the wall. And I ended up accepting the offer, but it never, it never left me, right? Um, the one thing I will say is that I did eventually go back and negotiate for a, a signing bonus because that was not a part of the original offer because, which was again, significantly lower than I know signing bonuses for that position are. Nevertheless, I, I did go back and negotiate for that because it's even, they tried to play the, well, you've already been at the company. Okay. But this is a new position. I, you're giving me a signing bonus for that, but Again, I never really got over that. And I didn't stay there too long either because there there was always just lingering resentment once I realized how bad I had been fucked over, right? And what I want you to know, there are some of you who may be in this position right now. You have a, um, a review coming up where you could be given a raise or you're applying for a new job and you, you're just trying to figure out how to navigate it. Well, I want you guys to know that money isn't the only thing that we leave on the table during salary negotiations. Other things, bargaining chips and things that you can ask for if, you know, the base salary isn't is out of the question you can ask for more vacation time paid vacation time paid time off you can ask for you know flex time where you can work from home one or two days a week you can ask for certain benefits you can ask for an increase in the company's 401k contribution you can ask for stock options if that's something that's available access to a corporate card a better job title which we don't a lot of times we underestimate the power of a job title, but just think about, you know, if you call a company or you email somebody and somebody emails you back, you email a company, you get an email back and it says it's signed the intern. You That person could actually be the CEO or that person could be a rock star. But when you see the word intern, you automatically just devalue whatever that work is and you feel like your time wasn't valued by the company. Like we we have all these narratives for things. So negotiate a better job title because on from the outside world, people will judge you based on that title. You can negotiate for a guaranteed severance package, office space. Now everybody wants to do this communal office thing. Ask for an office with the door so you can close it because no. <laughs> you know, you can ask for tuition reimbursements, wardrobe allowances, moving costs, signing bonus, transportation reimbursement. Or if you live in a city like New York City, you can ask for um, unlimited monthly transit cards. Now, Depending on the company you're with, you may get some, you may get all of these things, or some of these things may not even be available. But you need, we need to start thinking about our needs, right? And what we need to make our jobs not necessarily easier, but you want to be, you don't want to be in a job thinking about money. You want to just go and do the work. So, 
when you have a chance to negotiate, you need to make that happen because I, with what happened to me at that company, I could not have stayed there for years on end because every time a salary promotion or something would have come around or it would have been bonus time, bonuses are based on your salary, I would have remembered what happened. And had I stayed there for a long time, I would have been able to calculate in my mind how much money that I could have had or how much money you know I lost um, by not pushing harder. In the beginning. So before I get into the business example that I have about, you know, my life as an entrepreneur and my negotiating fails <laughs> with that, I just want I want you to understand something about the people or person or group that you're negotiating with, right? When you're in an office place, and this may be your best friend, this could be the best person, you know, at, at the office, the best boss, the greatest mentor of all times. When you get to a place of negotiating, this is not your ally. This is not your friend. Their loyalties lie with the company, their loyalties lie with the brand. Their loyalties lie with the manufacturer, or vendor, and what have you. And too often, we our loyalties don't lie with ourselves. We need to change that. Another thing to under about you know to understand about who you're negotiating with. They want to save money. They want to get the lowest price. So they may pressure you. They may convince you or try to convince you that their offer is the best and final offer. They want you to feel powerless. Or, you know, in some cases, they may not be able to pay you. They may not be able to afford your services. They may not be able to afford your product. And I mean, that's a different scenario. And I think you can kind of tell when people just don't have the money. A lot of times they'll just say that. But on the flip side of that, there are people who don't think you deserve what you're asking for. And that that's a that's an important part because again it's it's all kind of subjective and usually the people that you're negotiating with aren't even negotiating with their own money they're you know they're they're getting off on the fact that they get to they have the power to say yes or no or to take money out of somebody's pocket. Now let's get to the business example where my biggest fails have been, I mean, gigantic fails. I failed so hard at negotiating that, like, I can't even. It, it's just, it's been ridiculous. But again, you cannot learn something until you really, really experience it. And that's why I'm doing this episode, this podcast, because I, I can't have you guys out here making these same mistakes, these same dumb ass mistakes that I have made. Please, 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 please. I can't have you doing it. So what I want you to hear me say right now is that discounting my rate has never served me. Discounting my rate has never benefited me. Let me repeat that. Discounting my rate has never served me. Discounting my rate has never benefited me. Now, when I'm, I'm about to get into this, but I'm, when I think about the fact that discounting my rate has never served me, I want to separate out the favors and things I've done for family, friends, etc., 
although most of the time that those things don't help either but those were deliberate choices that I've made but in terms of just the regular day-to-day business discounting my rate has not served me because when I discount my rate and when you discount your rate especially if it's a service business we will never discount the level of service a client a vendor or whoever receives right because you're still gonna end up getting this premium excellence premium excellence just now you're gonna get it at bargain prices so I've discounted my rate and this results in a lack of working capital a lack of positive cash flow in some instances a lack of money and resources and capital to grow the business, a lack of money to pay your staff, a lack of money to pay your bills. And that, 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 we can't have that. We can't have that. So what I want you to do right now is repeat after me. Say, I will stop discounting my services. In fact, I will charge more. I will stop discounting my services. In fact, I will charge more. Now listen, I've been in business in, in, you know, for about five years now. It feels like a lifetime, but I'm still basically a newbie out here, right? I'm still learning. And lately, the thing that for the last few years, I turned down way more prospective clients and opportunities and projects and partnerships than I accept. So, and that, and that's really because like I understand the value of my work now more than ever before. And I understand that I do have power in this situation. So, and, and when you lower your rate, you know what happens? It's hard to increase or get back to market level because people will become so spoiled with that premium excellence that we just discussed at that bargain rate and they want to stay there. When you come in with the, with the higher number, they like, well, this is great. Why can't we just stay right here? It's great. We don't want that. Stay right here. And like we we have to realize that you can only come down Going up, I mean, just in life, when you when you sliding down a hill, it's fun, it's easy, we right. We it, but it's fun when you go down on your rate. It's fun for the other person, but when it comes to trying to increase your rate, it's like trying to do a sprint up a mountain that has a crazy vertical. That's not even like it. It's like you you can't. It doesn't happen. It's rare. Only on rare occasions have I been successful with that. And then other times I've had to either end the contract or the the person, they were just like, nope, no thanks, whatever. And the biggest negotiating mistake that I made had to do with one, I discounted my rate. There we go again. And two, this is the big one. This is the big one. This is the biggest mistake I ever made. I gave away my power on the renewal. When it was time to renew, I gave away my power. So let me walk you through how this worked out for me. Spoiler alert, it didn't, (laughs) 
it didn't. <laughs> it didn't. Okay, cool. So sometimes you just got to laugh at the craziness, but I, I'm trying to get you guys to a place of understanding how serious this is. So let me walk you through this. Or upon going through the business development process, getting a lead, getting a potential, a prospective client, doing the pitch, going through all that, presented a rate, they said, they asked for the discount, right? And I was like, oh, this seems like everything was great, you know? Okay, this seems like a great opportunity, whatever, whatever. Lowered the rate, just a smidge, right? Lowered the rate. And I knew I was going to take a hit for that, but I was like, okay, in my mind, you know, you got to kill it and then you'll be able to get that back. That's a lie. Stop lying to yourself. Don't do that. Okay. So when it came time, so that first whatever go around, killed it, killed the work, added tremendous value, business made tons of money. Everybody's happy. When it came time to renew, presented the new contract with the increased rate based on the scope of work because again when you're out here making money and you're out here building a brand the scope of work increased if you're doing you know PR marketing because now there's more business um you know that we have to to handle so the pushback from that was so crazy like never in my life have I been subjected to such nasty negotiating conversations nasty deceptive um demoralizing like negotiating conversations and at that time that was a red flag for me and I should have I should have used my the power of my two feet and said you know what that's enough you know what keep it you good but because my loyalty is usually embedded in the actual work right because that's what I love to do and this is where we go wrong we love the work so much that we're like oh it's about the work you know this person is crazy but I just love working on this account I just love doing this thing and when we did not reach an agreement the contract rolled over into a month-to-month arrangement which in the service business, you never really want to get into that type of situation, especially when you're doing long-term strategic type work. So I gave away my power by allowing that to happen, by not by not kind of stopping it and saying, stopping the circus and saying, no, this is the rate, this is based on the work, and we do this or we don't do anything at all. I accepted that because at the time, and this is another huge mistake that we have got to stop making and that I have got to stop making, is I thought I needed to add just a little bit more value, right? And then once I add that little bit more value, then they'd accept the new terms easily. Wouldn't even be a fight. Another lie. What DJ Khaled say? Another one. Another one. Like, you just out here, like, stop lying to yourself, Sakita. That's what I had to say to me. So when it came time, so after months had gone by, and month to month, I had just given away a little bit more power, a little bit more power, because I still continued to do what? That premium excellence, right? Still continued to do that. And when it came time to renew again months later, 
while the work was still happening, while the scope of work had expanded significantly and I was just adding value on top of value, right? This time I said, I'm going to stand my ground because I know now the value at this point is undeniable. Everybody can see it. We know what you did. We know, you know, we, we can see, you can't even pretend that it didn't happen, right? That's, that's where we are. But <clears throat> they decided not to renew the contract, y'all. And the lesson, the lesson, and it's so important, is that people, the universe, everything, the galaxy will follow your lead, So if you give away your power, if you undercharge, if you don't value your work enough, if you have to, if you fall into these traps where you feel like you have to constantly prove yourself, right, in order to get, or you have to do just a little bit more for them, whoever it is, to see your worth, you've already lost, What I should have done is stand my ground in the beginning when I've already demonstrated just a little bit. But I felt like I had to put a little stink on it. I had to do just a little bit more so that a little bit more premium excellence so that y'all could see what I'm really about out here, what my business, my firm really does. And if the terms still weren't favorable at that time, I should have walked away, period. No doubt about it and that is that is the biggest takeaway and again the next time you guys negotiate I need you guys to remember you hold just as much power as the other party you have power in every negotiating situation do your research learn about the company learn about your industry Learn about, you know, when HR gives you that folder or that book, read it because it will outline different benefits that are available. Look, if if your company has an intranet, they usually have all that information online, but people hate to read it. Go read through all of that. Read every single thing so that you can be well equipped when you go into the negotiating process. Price your product or service fairly and price it for what it's worth. Stop discounting your services. Be flexible only when there is a clear and tangible benefit for you. But again, if you are flexible and if you discount your rate, say for an opportunity that's just out of this world, understand that if it comes a time for you to renew that contract, it will be hell trying to increase it to market value or to a higher number than that. And always ask for more because you're not asking for enough right now. So asking for more ain't going to kill you. And charge more because you're not charging enough now. So charging a little bit more ain't going to kill you. And as always... I would love to talk to you guys about this topic. I want to know what you've done right. I want to know what you've done wrong. I want to know if you've been in any of the situations I've described. Tweet me at Miss Success, M-I-S-S Success, 
Or you can find all of my contact information at hashtagsandstilettos.com. Can't wait to hear from you guys.